Welcome back to Versus Extreme. I'm Marcus Driscoll, a grateful boy. I'm Tommy Calhoun. I'm officially one years old. And I'm Tim, a saucy peasant. Well, boys, we did it. This right here marks one year of anniversary. One year. Anniversary. Oh, wow. I can't believe. Me and Versus share the same birthday. Yeah. Tommy, we started this. uh... Hello? 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 Who's there? Hey, guys. Uh, I heard you're recording the anniversary episode. Can I come in? Yeah, Yeah. of course you can. Everybody, welcome to the podcast. Our producer and editor, Max Young. Too much. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's that's a lot. Hey, Max, I got a question. Uh, what's what's up, Marks? Um, whenever we asked you about a live studio audience, you said that it wasn't in the budget. It wasn't in the budget? Uh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, that's, that's why we haven't had it this whole time. Listen, I I just wanted to say I I did sort of put in a little initial investment into uh, into dryer socking versus extreme, and so I figured that when it came time for me to be on the podcast. I deserve a little bit extra, so... Oh, uh, so we get... Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me make a joke, guys. Let me make a joke. <laughs> what do you get when you cross uh, a nose and a finger? Someone picking their nose. Oh, wow. I was not expecting that much of a negative reaction oh, from on, a studio guys. audience come that on, we guys. brought in. Yeah. Come on, guys. To be fair, the studio audience is geared towards me they're sort of t- attuned to my humor so so uh watch this uh hey have you guys heard the one about the skunk ah oh, oh, never mind it stinks <laughs> what the hell come on guys <laughs> maybe we should just start doing some questions and get on with the, the anniversary that's yeah. probably that's yeah. probably good uh studio everybody audience. go home thank you yeah, so get much out of here. get out of here we don't want you here we this don't is like a private your residence time. yeah you're starting to stink there's 30 of you in this recording room, and it's it's yeah, a lot. It's, it's, it's a little much. It's really weird. This place is square footage is like maybe 30 feet, and there was 30 people in here plus mm-hmm. us. Yeah, really difficult. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind it's of amazing feet, that you guys so it, didn't notice them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's 30 feet, so when we record, we're always doing it cheek to cheek. Yeah, I'm talking like, about butt cheek to butt cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody read a question. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> so back by popular demand today we have for you guys a submission only episode maybe we should have kept the studio audience for no a little we bit can longer. make our own <laughs> yeah, we can, we've, yeah, been doing it, we've been doing this grassroots for 30 years we can do it again for this episode okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so the first one this one comes from at selfie starbuck thank you at selfie starbuck and it is Bloodlusted Goose from Untitled Goose Game versus a Bloodlusted Dipper Pines. Who wins? And that's from Gravity Falls. Mm. Okay, I'm going to need some explanation. I don't know Dipper Pines from Gravity Falls. What are his feats? I'm assuming that the goose has goose feats. Yeah, yes, goose has yeah. goose feats plus extra bastard feats. Yeah, yeah. Plus, uh, plus an innate desire for bastardization. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Dipper Pines is a twelve-year-old with a fixation on monsters and creepy crawlies yes. and codes. Yeah. And very curious secrets. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's about it. And he's a good boy. He is a good boy. Not a he's bad boy. A, well, he's a good boy. He gets to be a good boy by the end of Gravity Falls. So it starts out he's kind of a 
Dinkus Minkus. Yeah, but he's still like a goody goody boy. He's a good you know Dinkus Minkus, but he's still like, Dinkus. He's Minkus. a goody goody okay, okay. two shoes, if you will. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He like he doesn't. He's he's a nervous wreck. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get out in front of this one. Okay. Bastard goose is bastard. Mm-hmm. Such feats include putting a rake in the lake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, knocking an old man on his bum. Yeah. An empowered honk. That's true. And that's and you get you get the gist. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Okay, okay. I want to... Now, didn't Dipper Pine stop the apocalypse? Yeah. With the help of a lot of people. Well, now that... But that's more than the, the goose has done. Okay, I okay. I don't know. The the goose has definitely put an old man on his bum, and that seems to be much more impressive than an apocalypse. Are you yeah, kidding me? I want to go ahead and say, also, I've never met a single 12-year-old... That could ever take on even a regular goose, let alone yeah. a bastard goose. Yeah, goose. Yeah, that's goose a are good point. Al- Gooses are already born with like evil in their hearts. Yeah, geese. I am a grown ass twenty nine <laughs> year old man, and I'm terrified of all geese. And I don't yes. even know if the ones that I'm scared of are bastards. Gooses. Yes. Well, all geese are bastards. All gooses. gooses. Thank you. Goose eye are bastards. There you go. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I think that the. Uh, I think Dipper. We all know very nervous boy. Mm-hmm. Um, despite his achievements in Gravity Falls, I think that when face to face with the truest of all evils, aside from horses, the truest of all evils, mm-hmm. um, he would wet his wet himself and curl up in a ball and cry even when bloodlusted. Yeah, I think. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think sure. against a bloodlusted goose, Dipper Pines is just gonna lose all of his bowel movements <laughs> yes. into his pants. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, can I also say something? Yeah, please. Dipper, I barely know her. I hate oh, you. Oh my god, <laughs> we've gone this long, Tommy. We've gone a whole year without saying that one time on the podcast. Yeah, we were overdue. Tommy, you're fired from the podcast. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think Tommy's the real bastard goose. Yeah. Now that being said, I think you guys, mm, bastard goose is is only bastard goose. But you guys kind of have me convinced that a bastard goose is still a goose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a twelve year old can't fight a goose. That's just how yeah, it is. That's just how it is. Now Dipper does like Dipper does have that like when it really counts, he's got the gumption kind of thing. Because like yeah. in a lot of cases, if his sister's in danger or like Wendy's in danger or something like that, he finds the courage in himself to like do the right thing. But those are always in situations of, oh no, my family members or my good friends are dying. And if it's just fight the goose or run away are his only options. Even if he is bloodlusted, it's like, it's just not in his nature, man. Yeah, I think if, I think if Mabel was there... Then yeah. I th- okay I okay I'm gonna a hot take mm-hmm. I think Mabel by herself she could take the goose oh yeah uh, I think that, oh yeah I think that Mabel while encouraging Dipper Dipper might have more of a chance can I can I build off of your thing Timothy I'm gonna say yes but my heart says no I think Mabel would befriend the goose oh uh, because no, that is more yes. within Mabel's nature that's so because she she is very much the like animal lover of their party she that's true. carries around waddles all the time she's and the that. druid yes. yeah so I think that she would um with her natural animal empathic abilities th- it goes two ways either 
she befriends the goose and puts like a little sweater on it and the goose becomes her friend and becomes less bastard. Yeah. Or she befriends the goose, she puts a sweater on it and the goose convinces her to become more bastard and then they become an unstoppable bastard duo. Now, we've also said bastard like 6,000 times this episode and it's only the first question. I want to go back to something that you touched on and Max, back me up here. Okay. Tommy, you said that the goose could potentially become less bastard. Mm-hmm. Now, let's break this down to the simplest elements. Like, mm-hmm. you know, get down to the, the very basics yeah. of the universe, some mathematics. The building blocks. Yeah. What's one times zero? Zero. zero. What's two times zero? Zero. What's three times zero? It's zero. Zero. Marcus. Thank you. Baba and so my point, my point being, anything times bastard is still going to be bastard. Oh. You're, you're very correct. I think That's you're true. I think you're right on that, Marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Max. I, I the, knew that. I knew that if anybody math, here would understand my bastard math, the yeah. math checks out from what I remember from math grad school. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's thank fair. you. And this is coming straight from mathematics. Yeah, this is coming straight from the maximatics. The, there the, we go. Yeah, maximatics. The, the highest, time. the most highest educated person on yeah. on dryer. The side. planet Earth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. true. Well, we. If you remember back to our first episode, we are the smartest people in the world. We are. We're also we are, dumb we idiot are babies. We are the smartest people in the now, world. If you also, Everything we say goes. Now, if you also remember my reply to Lil Nas X on Twitter, mm-hmm. I did say that this was a dumb, stupid podcast for idiots that we love making. Yeah, but that doesn't disqualify our intelligence. I think we, it does. It's Let's just a dumb, maybe, stupid podcast. Maybe we should do another question. <laughs> maybe we should. Max, do you want to bring us in on one? Yeah, sure. Uh, this submission comes from at Antlergoth on Twitter. Thank you, at Antlergoth. Thank you. Thank and you. it is... Who would win Hell's Kitchen, Mike Wazowski, or a D&D Beholder? Oh, no. Mm. Now, I this f- is an interesting question. <laughs> yeah, set up because... the parameters, Max, because you're the arbiter of this one. So, Hell's Kitchen involves Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like uh, to win Hell's Kitchen is not to win the competition, but mm-hmm. who cannot cry ah, when yes. Gordon Ramsay yells at them most? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I do not think Mike Wazowski could ever do that. And also, D&D Beholder, they're not technically from hell, but, like, they're closer. Yeah. Closer than, than Mike, Mike would be. Yeah. Yeah. And Beholders is fucked up. Have you ever read, like, the Monster Manual thing on, D- on Beholders? No. Yeah, dude. Yeah. They're, if I remember correctly, this is uh, also paraphrased from months of not reading the Monster Manual, so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but if I remember right, D&D Beholders are essentially, uh, they're born uh, when the original Beholder decides that it wants to create progeny, and it just kind of generates them with its, like, magical abilities, and then they fight amongst themselves until, like, one more Beholder emerges, and then that one has to fight its parent, because Beholders think they are essentially the center of the universe, and there can't be another one of them that exists, which is why they're solitary and never live in, like, hives or anything. And so, either the original Beholder kills its offspring, or the offspring kills its parent and becomes the new Beholder, or their offspring goes to a different part of, I think they're, like, in the Underdark, so it goes to a different part of the Underdark and starts its own hive. And it's essentially like a manifestation of greed. And it looks like a giant floating eyeball with a bunch of eyeball stalks that float off of it. What this means to me is that there's no way that it could withstand Gordon Ramsay's abuse. Oh. It oh. spends all its time underground? Are you kidding me? Well, also, let me, and let me put a spin on that, Max. Do it. Um, 
Yeah, do it, coward. Okay, I will. I'm spinning. I mean, I feel like Gordon Ramsay also, in the kitchen at least, uh, I know he's a very wholesome man, but in the kitchen at least, he sees himself as the center of the universe. So would yeah. Gordon Ramsay not be like a human version of a, of a beholder? I think he's just a regular version of a beholder. A baby holder? Let me, let me also poise this to you, babies. Max, arbiter. Um, what, what were to happen in this competition if, say, Gordon Ramsay were to be vaporized? Hmm? Yeah, that's my thing. Because yeah. like one of the one of the de- like beholder's abilities is it can just cast like disintegration ray. Yeah, and, like blast. Is that an is that an instant DQ? It's it's mostly to be on Hell's Kitchen. You have to voluntarily be there. So this beholder wants to participate in this competition. So it okay. knows that it's not going to kill Gordon Ramsay. Okay, 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 okay. It's going to be doing its damnedest to make the best flambe. That it can. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But what if, as a meme, you know, it was talking to its non-beholder friends, you know, they were hanging out, and they were just like, yo, dude, you're so good at cooking, bro. And the beholder is just like, oh, me, stop. <laughs> and then uh, they're just like, no, you have to apply to be on Hell's Kitchen. They're just like, I mean, you know, I'll do it as like a joke. I'll do it for the gram, bro. And so then they do it and then they get on Hell's Kitchen and they're totally not prepared for it at all. I see where you're going with this, Tim. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a little out of the spirit of the question, though. Okay, okay. I do I do like the universe you created. Yes. I would like to explore that at another time. Okay. I think that we've been talking a great deal about this beholder. Yeah. yeah. What's up and with we, Mike Wazowski? Mike Wazowski is a food aficionado. Is he? He, yeah. he takes his lover to the finest restaurant in Ooh. Monstropolis. <laughs> Wait, does he actually? Oh, yeah, he does, that's, doesn't he? That's Wait. in the first movie, Tim. That's canon. They go get sushi, and it's the best sushi in town. And I think, based on what Tim was saying about the way that he thinks the Beholder got onto Hell's Kitchen. I think that this version of Hell's Kitchen is a uh, amateur chef competition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so... I think that simply based on the fact that Mike Wazowski has hands, that yes. he would be a better chef than Ooh. the Beholder. <laughs> Doesn't mm. don't Beholders have like telepathy and shit? Uh, I did look up the Beholder um, stat block just to see like what its abilities are. Yeah. Um, Whether or not a beholder has telepathy, there is nothing for the feel of a hand. Oh. (laughs) You don't have to say that like that, though. The feel of the hand. That's true. Imagine touching something with your mind is not the same as the the calamity of senses that is touching something. (laughs) I think it depends on how you do it. I disagree. Uh, I think you need the sense of touch to be a good chef. Oh, well, what about this? The Beholder has a charm ray. The targeted creature must succeed on a DC 16 wisdom saving throw or be charmed by the Beholder for one hour. So it doesn't matter how good the Beholder's food is. He just presents it and then charm rays the judges and then they just go, wow, this is good. And the Beholder's like, Thanks, I cooked it at 400 for five hours. Oh and they're like, God. fantastic work. Thank you, sir, you win. Maybe. Maybe. Are but... you saying that Mike Wazowski doesn't have Charm Ray? <laughs> I'm saying that if Mike Wazowski has a Charm Ray, he doesn't cast it at the same level the Beholder does. Okay, okay, okay. If that were to happen, of course, Beholder would win. But assuming that all of the judges 
were proficient in wisdom saving throws and also had advantage, <laughs> then uh, and they succeeded. I think that Mike Wazowski would take it, and here's why. Oh, okay. Tommy, you have the stat block still up, right? Yeah. Beholders are neutral evil? Beholders are... Uh, does not... Uh, lawful evil. Lawful evil. Ah, great. Still proves my point. Mm-hmm. Beholders are lawful evil, mm-hmm. which means that Mike Wazowski has a secret ingredient that the beholders are incapable of having. Oh, God. What? And that is love. Hell yes. No. All right. Mike Wazowski can make (laughs) any fucking thing that he makes with love, and it'll taste ten times better than the fucking truffle... Gold-plated shit smear of a cake that the beholder would make. Okay, let me let me let me let me pause it this really quick. Mike Wazowski, look at the man. Love him. How many eyes does he have? One. One. Beholder, how many eyes they got? Uh, at least ten. Ha ha. Okay. Ten Your times point. the ten times the eyes, ten times the power. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. I. Th- so here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> Mike Wazowski <laughs> may have one eye. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that means that he can focus on his meal better. <laughs> oh my and god! Zoom in like a fucking camera aperture. Okay. Also, I guess beholders don't have mouths. So. No, they do have mouths. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, they, like, they, they, they have got, one they got mouth. A, they are a floating mouth and eye with a bunch of eye stalks. But they have so okay. much saliva that anything that they put in their mouth would just slide right out like a fucking. <laughs> okay. So let me let me add some credibility to Mike Wazowski's capability to win because I think love is the right answer, but I think we need to codify it somehow, and this is how we do it. If it's a Beholder versus Mike Wazowski, let's just assume this is in the D&D universe. Sure. Now, what's the closest class to Mike Wazowski? A bard. He's a Absolutely. comedian. He okay. makes jokes. He makes people laugh. Okay. He tells stories. Okay. Et cetera. Yeah. Maybe, okay, but maybe so, he multiclassed at least two levels into Barbarian. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's yeah. exactly what okay. I was going to say. Fair. Fair. I'll take that. <laughs> but regardless, he's a bard. And bards can like give their uh, like, heroes. They cast beast. their spells through their performance. Wait, so isn't that a druid thing? if Market er, not if Marcus if Mar- Mike Wazowski uh, makes his performances, where Freudian slip there, Tommy? How do you see me? <laughs> <laughs> makes his performances his food and makes jokes while he's cooking, and ca- just so happens to cast like charm person or. I don't know, like, fortify against the judges so the Beholder's, like, mind control ray doesn't work on them. Well, here's I think the he thing could totally about the, the Beholder. Here's the thing okay. about that mind control ray. The Beholder is lawful evil. Mm-hmm. It knows the rules of the game. Uh-huh. It's not There's going no to rules violate. in Hell's Kitchen that says you can't cast spells. There's no <laughs> rules! There's no <laughs> rules he's about got, that! He's got you there, Max. All right, <laughs> I, we're getting I, into ass-loving territory, guys. I think, okay... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Mike Wazowski, seven out of ten on this one. Beholder wins it three out of ten. Whenever he actually gets off his yeah, his charm, I could see that. I'll give him seven out of ten. I'll give Mike Wazowski one out of ten. Oh okay. fuck off! Well, they... <laughs> you know okay. what? Someone else just read a fucking question. I'm tired of this one. You guys win. <laughs> Whatever, I wanna, man. I wanna, I wanna go. Okay. You guys like Call of Duty? I've, I've called some like duties Call of before. Duty. We'll say we'll say it's Modern Warfare Two. You okay. guys like Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two? God, sure, it's the, just yeah. the best one. Just the fucking. It was the only best, the best one. Made. Well, it's in the top. It's in the seven good games. Um, so imagine Call of Duty, and you're playing gun game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kill someone, yeah. you get the better gun. You kill another person, you get an even better gun. Yeah. But instead of team deathmatch, it's John Wick versus Rambo. Who this wins? is mildly terrifying. Who who asked the question, Marcus? Uh oh, shit. 
at extremely underscore dope underscore. That's oh, okay, why, cool. This is Thanks. why I don't do submissions. No, you're good. I just wanted to make sure we got that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you, at extremely underscore dope underscore. Don't forget that last underscore. Uh, yeah, it's oh, important. I got, it, I got it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go ahead and get out in front of this question. Okay. And say, um, everything I remember from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is that even though everybody hated it, camping was the best strategy. And I think Rambo is better at camping than John Wick is. Mm. Okay. Alternative, uh, John Wick is played by Keanu Reeves, who is an immortal. He can't oh. die. We're gonna we're gonna as the arbiter of this question. Yes, I will say that their health and mortality is equalized. Okay. Uh, also, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say this: that Tommy, I see where you're coming from on the camping front. However, I played so much fucking Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. It's mm-hmm. one of the first games I was ever able to have on an Xbox that I had in my room. So I'd wake up, play the game all day and go to sleep for like a solid year every fucking day that sounds unhealthy <laughs> it was <laughs> um, just imagine how many slurs you had to hear yeah exactly Whoa. okay yeah, i never actually so talked to people oh, i never good. actually talked to people i just play by myself yeah, um I, however I think, I think you and i are the same in that every game that's like you can play online and talk to random people it's like cool i'm gonna play this by myself and yes. never turn my mic on <laughs> yes uh but I tried camping so many times because I was just like, I always see these kill cams with dudes just camping me. However, camping never worked for me because it's not hard for people to, after you play the game for a little bit, after you play on every single map, you know exactly where the campers are. You know, you respect those spots and you don't mm-hmm. go there. Or if you go there, you just, you know, keep an eye out. And if they start shooting at you, you just crouch, uh, go prone, and then sneak behind them and shoot them. Yeah. However, the people who get the most kills... In games, consistently, are the dudes who just run around and fuck shit up. I but I like where much, Tommy's going with the Rambo thing. How much Modern Warfare Two has John Wick or Rambo played? So much. Well, they're they're <laughs> inside. They're inside Modern Warfare. 2. That's what that's, that's what we're going with. Here. Okay. Yeah. I think oh, so John, they have no think, idea they're in Modern Warfare Two. Right. It's just where they are. No, they both know they're in Modern Warfare Two. Oh, okay. But they're both like they're both like John Wick and Rambo, right? Oh yeah. yeah they just okay. want to kill. <laughs> they so just want to kill. Mm-hmm. I think I think Tommy's onto something, but the thing about Rambo is like once once his camp is successful, mm-hmm. he moves on to another spot. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's like, it. That's yeah. that, okay, okay. That's fair. That's, Whereas okay. John Wick is probably going to be like going around like guns blazing, trying to pull off three sixty no scopes. And to be fair, the majority of the time, I think he pulls them off. Yeah. But I think Rambo's in it for the long haul. Definitely in there for some fucking first blood. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a throwback. That's a re- that's a reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, Marcus, I, I do want to bring up the point that uh, Rambo is much more proficient in hand-to-hand combat than he is in uh, firearm combat. Oh. Okay. Let me. I will say, knifing is point, an instant Max. kill. Knifing's an instant kill. I was gonna say, yeah, you got melee attack in Modern Warfare too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Does that advance your gun game? Ooh. I think so. I it think may, if you get a but kill, either way, you still get a kill, right? Wait, so is Rambo... Okay, so Rambo is the camper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but if Rambo's always camping, he never really needs a better gun, you know? But that's I how think... you win gun game. You, you get it? a better gun. Yeah. Oh. Well, you start out with a knife, don't you? Isn't that the first thing you start with? Maybe and then you, once you, you start somebody, with a knife or a pistol. Oh, okay. Uh, regardless, though, I think... I think Rambo's gonna take it. Because, like, if you die in gun, in gun game, you go back to the start. Yeah. So... All Rambo has to do is get more 
kills with a gun and then kill John Wick more consistently. So, like, I, and I think he can do that. I think Rambo can kill John Wick more consistently in Modern Warfare 2. Whether it be with that. a knife or a gun, I think that I think that Rambo can get him more. But Keanu. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. The love the guy. Keanu. Oh, oh. Yeah. Anyone killed with a melee weapon is demoted to the previous weapon. So Rambo would just keep pushing Keanu. Like, fuck, I almost just called him Killer Mike for some reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I don't think. Bonus round. Who would win a round of Call of Duty gun game? Kill a Mike or LP? I'm going to go with LP on this one. And the reason why is I've seen an episode of Eric Andre with Killer Mike on a treadmill. He was not having a good time. And oh. the amount of running that you have to do in Modern Warfare 2, it's a it's lot. Stupid. It's, yeah. it's a stupid amount. Yeah. So I'm going to go with LP on this one. I'm going to say Killer Mike because Killer is literally in his name. Yeah, I'm the same thing. I agree. Hey. Yeah, all right. Run the jewels kind of slap, so we'll go <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, plus the whole time you play as Killer Mike, you get to listen to Run the Jewels. So. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that really pumps you up. There's nothing that, that makes you better at Modern Warfare 2 like bumping music, bro. Dude, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, dude. It just slaps your ass right into gear. Dude, I literally have a playlist on Spotify called Hype It. Whenever I was playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z and I was trying to climb the ladder, dude, I just listened to a bunch of fucking Run the Jewels. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I would yeah. climb that dude, ladder. Dude, there's something, there's something about hip hop yeah. that makes you just really good at competitive games. <laughs> All right, so our next question comes to us from at Bad Disco Duck on Twitter. Uh, thank you, at Bad Disco Duck. Um, and if we take into account the intros for the Rugrats movies, yes, who would be better at their job, Angelica as the Godfather or Tommy? As Indiana Jones. Yes. In this case, speaking uh, for Tommy Pickles, not me. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've all seen Rugrats movies. Probably. Uh, I didn't, but I did go watch the things right before we started this podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going to say Tommy's Indiana Jones, and the reason why... Are mm-hmm. you dead ass right now? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fucking dude. Diaper screwdriver. Yeah. Well, that should be all I have to say, but I know that's not going to be enough for your dumb ass. No, it's not enough for my dumb ass, Marcus. Because you have a dumber ass than I have a dumb ass. The only thing dumb about my ass is how thick it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but no, I am I am going to agree with Tommy as Indiana Jones because I just went and watched both of these, and I feel like it's a little bit too close to Tommy because you know. Well, you know, I feel like he's I'm, a baby. I'm a little speak. partial, but yes, because he's a baby. Angelica, I watched the the Bobfather intro, yes. and she. Uh, instead of blowing a man's head off, she went, you mean I don't get to, like, knock somebody's block off? You mean I've got to get you a binky? Okay, fine. I'll give you a binky. Somebody just get me a sponge. Like, she was the most accommodating godfather that has ever existed. Meanwhile, Tommy, as Indiana Jones, was a brave motherfucker that jumped through the chomping teeth before anybody else helped Chucky through it. And he almost got the statue, and when the ball started coming down, he started running away and bringing everybody else with him. Oh, Tommy! He's great! You said almost got the statue. Yeah. He didn't accomplish his task. At least Angelica did what she wanted to do. No, she didn't. She didn't kill anybody. She said, she, no, she the didn't The Godfather kills people, Timothy. That's she his could job. She couldn't. She wanted whoa, 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 to, Tom. Boys, 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 Not in front of Max. Sorry, Max. Sorry, yeah, Max. please. <laughs> please, this is getting really out of hand. So, no, uh, I do want to say something. Okay. This is versus extreme. We are always out of hand. <laughs> we never start in the hand. <laughs> there are no hands. Angelica as the godfather, accommodating people, is the opposite of what the godfather would do. Yeah. And I think I think by the, the simple fact that uh, Angelica has to behave on a G-rated scale, mm. she would not be able to uh, perform the 
R-rated duties of the Godfather. Okay, but also, like, let's take into account all of the Indiana Jones movies. How many people did Indiana kill? So fucking many. I mean, a lot, but Tommy did have the whip. He still had the whip. He could still do some stuff with the whip. Also, diaper screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Okay, listen, but also, like, how many times did Indiana Jones go through a point where he had to murder someone to get out of a tight bind? So many times. Tommy could never do that. He doesn't have the grit. Angelica. Tell him how it is next. Okay, so... The thing about Indiana Jones is his job is not murdering people. Yes. Yeah. His job is rescuing th- stolen items or, or, you know, whatever white people are calling uh, <laughs> archaeology, archaeology these days. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that Tommy would be better at his job as Indiana Jones, as a, a recovery archaeologist, than Angelica would as the godfather. Right. Yeah. Like, Tim, but- I agree. Okay, Tommy but, would not be the best. He wouldn't be as good as Indiana Jones. He wouldn't be the best, but he'd be better as an archaeologist, Indiana Jones style, than Angelica would be as a godfather, godfather style. But let's look at the fact that in the two examples we have of these individuals in their specific environments, Tommy did not accomplish the task he set out to accomplish. Angelica, at least... You can have as many arguments about what her specific task she wanted to do was. But at the end of the day, she had her fucking attitude straight. She got across the point she wanted to get across. She was a hard ass about the situation. And then she was still a generous godfather. You know what? I'm going to... Okay, Tim. I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I think that in those two examples... Yes. Your point Your point was been, has been proven. Thank you. But... And this is this is a big butt. This is a big caveat. Like okay. my butt. Yes. I Tommy, think that yes. we should stop dealing with anecdotal evidence and look at the facts. Angelica, neither a god nor a father. <laughs> oh my god. Or my Tommy, boss, Tommy Pickles, <laughs> may not be Indiana, but boy is he Jonesing. <laughs> oh, Jonesing. What? <laughs> he's Jonesing for that Baba dude. That sweet binky bottle yeah. and diaper screwdriver. Anti-prescription. Okay. screwdriver. Let's also look at the facts. Tommy Pickles, a fucking child. Angelica is too. Angelica, also a much a child. older child. Not, Not much, older. much older. Not much older. She's okay. like four and Tommy's like two. That is twice his age. A 100% <laughs> increase in way age. Way to fucking Fox News that shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because that is no. No, no. Because you guys are fucking adults, right? Yeah. Okay, you guys are adults, and so you're looking at this from an adult standpoint. However, we have to tone it back a second and look at it from their standpoint. Because when you were four years old, if you see a two-year-old, you don't think, wow, they're only two years younger than me. You're just like, wow, they're half my age. That's I what did, you think. I, I would not think that as a four-year-old. I would think, baby. <laughs> because I would be four, and okay. I would not be capable of... Cohesive speed. In that case, then neither of them would be good at their jobs at all. Let much less Tommy Pickles, who has to do so many actual stunts and acrobatics. Because if we're taking it to like realistic child logic, Tommy, as a two-year-old, could do so much less than Angelica as a four-year-old. At least four-year-olds can have thoughts and opinions about things. But we're not taking into account real child laws because it says we literally take into account the intros from the Rugrat movies. It has to so be we, in the Rugrat it, universe. Yeah, so in, in the account of yes. the intros, Tommy does do all of those acrobatics. Yes. And he can do those things. Yes. And Angelica didn't kill anybody as the Godfather. <laughs> 
She all didn't right, have right. to do. She didn't have to kill anybody. We're running into a dead end. Uh-huh. So we're going to put it to a vote. Oh, my God. All those for Angelica's Godfather, say aye. Aye. All those for Tommy Pickles as Indiana Jones, say diaper screwdriver. Diaper, diaper screwdriver. screwdriver. All right. I will like, say. It looks like the diaper screwdrivers have it. I will say. Angelica probably takes it like two times out of ten. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. Here you go, Tim. Half this little fucking two out of ten for you. I'm saying two times <laughs> out of ten. Morsel. Angelica goes ballistic and stabs somebody in the eye with the leg of her doll. Cynthia. Yeah. All right, all right. I got a, I got a submission for you guys. All right. Give it to mm-hmm. us. So this one comes from at Antlergoth. Thank you at Antlergoth. Thank you at Antlergoth. And it is Beyblade Kid versus Bionicle Kid in... The Winky Dome. Nobody say anything. Why? Everybody's going to say which of these they were. You can't say both. You have to pick one. I'll start. Okay, okay that's not fair, but okay. I, Marcus Triscoll, mm-hmm. was a Bionicle Kid. This is unfair to me because I was both of these, but all right. I, Tommy Calhoun, associate more heavily with being a Bionicle Kid than a Beyblade Kid. Max? I was, uh, I was a Bionicle Kid. Timothy? I, Timothy the Wink Violovis was a bionicle kid. Okay, okay yeah, I, fuck Beyblades. Yeah. Right, <laughs> okay, no, dude. Beyblades are cool. All right, if you guys are all going to be bionicle kids, then I'll be the Beyblade kid this time. Fuck you guys. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the thing. The only the only uh, Beyblade kids that I knew were kids that I babysat. Uh, and Oh, no. They were little pee-pee babies. The only good thing about that whole experience is that I had a crush on their mom. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Dude, hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. And That's what Beyblade I'm Kids about. mom has got it going on. <laughs> also, their dad. But Let it rip, am I right, y'all? Nice. Oh, hell yeah. Beyblade yeah. Kids dad has got it going on. <laughs> Beyblade Kids dad is really, really bad. Okay, so here's here's what I want to uh, I wanna look at. What sure. are the feats of each of these kids? Because uh, okay. we could describe ourselves... Uh, but I think we need to look at the unifying factors uh, that make a Bionicle Kid a Bionicle Kid and a Beyblade Kid a Beyblade Kid. I will okay. say... Th- Go ahead. Okay, I will say this about Bionicle Kids. Something that I found in lots of Bionicle Kids is that just the way Bionicles uh, are created, you can... Maybe this is me describing myself, or maybe this is me finding a uh, thread of unity between no, 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 I got Bionicle you. Yeah, Kids. You go for it. Uh, you can fucking mix and match those shits to make a goddamn monstrosity. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so there's a certain level of just like utter. Okay, it's creativity, but in like a lot more of a brutal sense than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, uh, like a, thirst... a mad scientist vibe. Yeah, mad yeah. scientist like, vibe. Like the the stitching together of humans, except it's these poor little robot machines. Yeah, yeah and yeah, with yeah. Beyblade, you can kind of customize your blades, but they all literally do the same thing. Okay. Um, you guys mind if I take the reins on the Beyblade kid stuff? Please yeah, do. Okay, cool. I know that, like, you said that you can kind of customize your Beyblade, Beyblades, but everybody I knew that was a Beyblade kid immediately did all those super illegal, crazy modifications to their rip cords and their Beyblades. Illegal like in the world of Beyblade, or illegal like the cops are going to come fucking <laughs> Illegal like in the door. real world, where they would put knives on them. <laughs> oh oh like, my god. Like, okay, I've seen, I, okay, I've seen the pinnacle of Beyblade kids, because I found a YouTube channel about it a while back. They took the ripcord mechanism and they uh, essentially bought one online that used a counterweight of gears 
to multiply the regular ripcord amount by 50. <laughs> so they could just do the regular amount of ripcord pull and it would spin 50 times faster. Oh my God. They were shattering glass with Holy their Beyblades. Also, Beyblades have a little weighted ring. That's the thing that makes them heavier in the ring. And yeah. when you use them uh, in like actual competitions and stuff, they're only supposed to be under a certain gram amount. So you're like the whole point of using your blade blade, aside from like the show thing about them all having spirits inside them or whatever. But like the big thing was to make sure your blade blade was as heavy as possible and would spin as long as possible. Yeah. Here's the so, thing that in, in this fight in the winky dome that I think is important, the bay, yes. the bay blade kid is the only one who has an actual weapon. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The bay blade is like, I would see them put like six of those rings on them and they would be super fucking heavy. And I already saw people with regular Beyblades that would accidentally pull a ripcord on somebody and like shoot the Beyblade and it would hit him in the head and give him like scars. <laughs> like it would literally cut people. Okay, 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 okay. I will, as the arbiter of this question, I'm going to go ahead and say that we can do this in a couple rounds. Mm-hmm. First round, I will concede. Mm-hmm. In the fact that if they had their respective weapons, sure. Mm-hmm. Beyblade Kid yeah, all got right. his big brother to fucking pimp the shit out of this fucking Beyblade. Yeah, put mm-hmm. some fucking razor blades on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Maybe like, oh, a fucking, like a weed, t- uh, like a weed sticker. Like a oh, marijuana oh, yeah. leaf on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. put it over the little medallion that has your spirit animal on it because yeah, you could yeah, exchange yeah, yeah. those out. But instead yeah, of the medallion, yeah. it's just got a little weed sticker on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, the kid doesn't necessarily know what it is, but kid knows it's cool. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Bionicle Kid's just like... I got the, He's got, got this, this like toy. album of fifty yeah. things. It's got like sixteen legs, and it looks like a big spider. And it's got like <laughs> three of those little Matoran disc launchers on it and shit. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he has yeah, disc yeah. launchers. That's um, like his only weapon. That's yeah. the only weapon. However, uh, I will say, Beyblade Kid's gonna murder Bionicle Kid. However, mm-hmm. when we take this to the Winky Dome, mm-hmm. nowhere in this question does it specify they have the respective items that they carry. So then it's just oh. two kids fighting. It's yeah. just two kids who have their respective outlooks on life mm-hmm. that we associate with the Beyblade kid and the Bionicle kid. And I think the Bionicle kid has the advantage due to the fact that they see parts of any living body or any creature as interchangeable. Their first thought is, let me see if I can rip this kid apart and put him back together in a really crazy way. However, when he rips the kid apart, the kid's dead. That's a is, nightmare that you've it, just described. Is that what is that what Bionicle did to you guys? Let's um <laughs> let's take that back for a second. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Tim Okay. Maybe maybe touching back on the thing about like what Bionicle meant to you which is a unifying thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's not so guys, much of a unifying thread. I was a troubled child. Sure. I'm gonna go ahead and say. I'm gonna um, I think your Bionicles were troubled. <laughs> because there were sixteen of them smashed together. <laughs> you know what? Okay. I'm gonna get it on this. I, I've stayed silent for far too long. Hmm. Bionicle Kid Bionicle Kid crushes Beyblade Kid and this is why mm-hmm. Bionicles you just buy them you put them together you mm-hmm. know job's done mm-hmm. yeah Beyblade you gotta buy the fucking plastic little dinky ass ring to put up to fucking spin them boys in mm-hmm. and then you're just playing tops you're, pl- you're playing tops till one falls over yeah, yeah. that's cool not um, well I mean hey if I back then I, I had been known to let it rip yeah. However, now as as a grown ass man, only thing I'm letting rip is this fat ass blunt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
But I still fucked some Bionicles. <laughs> when was the last time you built a Bionicle, Marcus? Couldn't tell you. Exactly. However, however, <laughs> if there was one in front of me, I'd fucking build it. That's fair. And if there was a Beyblade, I wouldn't let that bitch rip. Are you serious? Okay, I will say, I will say, if there's a Beyblade in front of me, I'd let it rip a couple times. However, I would literally spend a couple hours putting together as many Bionicles. If you sat a bunch of them in front of me, I would sit there and put them all together. Yeah. Yeah. I would play with a Beyblade for, like, two minutes. I always have to have something to do with my hands, and Beyblades are a really easy way to, like, do something and watch something happen, and then do it again and watch something happen, and do it again. I'm very easily entertained, if you can't tell. However, I would sit and build some Bionicles, too. Don't get me wrong, but, like... You lost your Bionicle rights, Tommy. Okay, well, fuck you, Tim. I can still read the alphabet, so... The Bionicle alpha. Oh, it's made out of circles and dots. That's the missing link that we re- that we didn't. Have. Uh, Max, uh, we're gonna leave this up to you, dude. Where where are we at? What's going on here? Okay, so I just want to point out how many of us identify as Bionicle kids. Yes. All four mm-hmm. of us identify as Bionicle kids. I think that yes. gives us mm-hmm. the winner. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. And Tommy, I don't get me wrong. I do appreciate you stepping up. And uh, <laughs> representing representing the um, Beyblade boys. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's okay. I'll take who... this loss wholeheartedly. <laughs> it's, it's usually me who steps up for the underdog. <laughs> yeah, to it's, be honest. I, it's okay. I'll take I'll take this L for the team. We need to acknowledge a fact: your ex sucks. That old teacher that like screwed you over that one time sucks. That old best friend who put gum in your hair sucks. Writer's block sucks. Mild poetry sucks. Hi, I'm Addie DeVelvis, I am the host of Slam Your Ex Poetry, and I'm here to yell about what sucks through poetry. Slam Your Ex Poetry is a bi-monthly podcast featuring me and friends. Hi. While we get together and talk about our opinions. Opinion. Indeed. Join us while we yell poetry into my sweet, sweet girlfriend, The Void, and submit your own. She's hungry. This one comes from at Slam Your X on Twitter. Thank you, at Slam Your X. And it is Bowser versus Dr. Eggman. Who would write a better haiku? Okay, okay, okay. Ah, uh, yes. Before we start this question, I did think that this at said Slamu Rex instead of Slam Your X. <laughs> totally. so I was like, did they just misspell Shamu? And they were trying to say Shamu Rex, like Shamu the dolphin, but as a T Rex? Uh- Two things. One, Shamu is not a dolphin. <laughs> I thought Shamu was a dolphin. Shamu is a killer whale. Oh, okay. Shamu the killer whale is a T-Rex. Two, go listen to Slam Your Rex. <laughs> that being said, mm-hmm. Bowser can't speak English. Okay, but also, let me say this. Mm-hmm. And, Marcus, I think we're going in the same direction as this. Um, Bowser is literally a fucking turtle. Dragon okay. turtle, yes. Dragon yeah. turtle, big. B- he's he's a biggin. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. However, Doctor Eggman, there's a certain softness, a gentle thinky side to him that not a lot of people get to see. You okay. know, uh, a lot of it is hidden by this anger, this unbridled desire for power. However, these primal emotions. Uh, while I don't believe that the arts can exclusively be fueled by such uh, powerfully negative emotions, I feel like if he would take the time, and he does on multiple occasions, we've seen it, take that second, just a, just a couple seconds to 
really look at yourself and the world that's around you and the world you've created around yourself and just kind of, I guess, just, you know, acknowledge what's going on in your own personal life in your own mind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Dr. Eggman just has such a big fucking brain. That You're an Eggman sympathizer. Okay. What the hell? I agree. Also, I'd like to go back. I'd like to go back real quick. Uh, you don't have to speak English to write haikus. This is true. They're literally <laughs> <true>. in Japanese. <laughs> the majority of them are literally in Japanese. What I meant to say was Bowser can't speak. Uh, also, he can only that, he can only communicate via text box, but he can write. So my entire fucking point is out the window. And to counter Tim's point, mm-hmm. Bowser's whole shit is that he's in love with Peach. Yeah, he's a romantic. What better method to inspire poetry? Okay, I like how you guys said that I was a Dr. Eggman sympathizer, and then you guys are literally sympathizing with a dude who, quote-unquote, loves someone so much, but he goes and kidnaps them without consent. I would... I think I'm I said without consent, Marcus. I I know. I think I'm actually going to take Winky's side on this. I think that (laughs) Bowser... No, you're good. I think that Bowser's kidnapping Peach has less to do with his love of Peach than his fucking burning hatred for Mario. Yeah. Okay. So Tim got a whole monologue for Dr. Eggman. So give me a second. Okay. One Bowser literally is a master magician. Like in everything, every time that he's like captures peach every single time he has like some new magical trick up his sleeve. The first, well, not the first time, but one time he turned all the paintings in her castle into portals to another world. Another time, he stole the star rod in Paper Mario so that he could cast spells. He, like, always has some magical trip, trip, trick up his sleeve. Or, in the case of, like, Mario Galaxy, he, like, can absorb the power of planets and, like, grow himself to magnificent sizes and, like, utilize the power of star bits and stars to, like, take over continents and worlds. So, like, he's not just some fucking turtle. Like, he's got some smarts up there. And... Second, I don't sympathize with the fact that Bowser kidnaps Peach without her consent. I think that he does have a burning passion for her. I don't think it's okay how he expresses it. Let me make that clear. Okay. It is Um, on the record. Continuing on. We've also seen in many cases when Bowser is with Peach that he does try to, like, do something romantic, even though it's all fucked up the way he does it. He still tries to, like, he's, like, he doesn't ever, like, like, there's never the implication that he, like, once he has Peach, that he takes things by force. There's a whole subplot where you play as Peach, and Bowser keeps coming in, and he's, like, hey, why don't you be my wife? And she's, like, no, I don't want to do that. And he's, like, why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm great. Look at all this stuff I caught. Ah, so you're saying Bowser's a nice guy. No. I mean, like, I mean, I'm saying he's a nice guy in the sense of, like, internet nice guy, where it's like, I did all these nice things for you. Why don't you love me? But, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, those yeah. guys definitely write poetry. Eggman does not write poetry. No, no, those guys <laughs> write poetry, and it's bad. Eggman okay. writes poetry, and it's good, because he's got a massive fucking brain. Max, where are you at on this? I'm writing uh, haikus. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm... Haikus from the perspective of Bowser and Eggman? Yes. I'm almost done. Good. I'm almost done. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, go okay, for it. Okay, so here's here's what I've done. I've put myself into the shoes of each of these characters. I've Bowser I, doesn't have shoes. I've put myself into the shoes and scales of these characters. <laughs> nice. Okay. And I've tried to Im- figure out what what they would write a haiku about. And so 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, who's who's got a good Eggman uh, impersonation? Does. What, what's it sound like? Give it to me so I can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eggman's almost like this. Okay. Yeah, that's kind really like good. A, a gravelly. I don't know what kind of accent this okay, is. Okay, I. No, you're, I, you're right. Wait, you're it's wrong. kind of like this. I'm Doctor Eggman. Like Mad Scientist, but toned down two levels and with a gravelly overtone. Okay, cool. So this is how I think Doctor Eggman's haiku would go. Sonic, my constant, only foe I have yet known. Without you, nothing. Okay, oh. pretty good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for Bowser, since we don't really have much of what Bowser sounds like other than sort of uh, uh, 8-bit growly sounds. Yeah, like, yeah I, know, I know what he sounds like whenever his cart gets bumped in Super Mario Kart 64. Yes. But that's so I'm going to do Bowser like this. Um, yeah, that's okay, what yeah, I was going to say. That's pretty uh, so for Bowser's point of view, I feel like his haiku would go something like this. Mario, my enemy, your life I envy greatly. Peach will be mine. Mm, yeah, I think, know, I think I think I think Doctor Eggman's got some more nuance. Yeah, I, in there, yeah. I think there's, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's a, 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 a ro- almost a romantic reliance on the interplay yeah. between Sonic and Doctor Eggman that uh, yeah. Bowser just can't grasp with his envy, small mind of Mario. Well, he yeah. also he's also got such big hands that yeah. it'd be hard for him to grasp it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it would. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> okay. uh, he can hold a golf club. Can I say? Can I say one thing? <laughs> Please do. One thing that your your haikus have made me realize. What's that? Mario's a Chad. Mario is a Chad. Oh my god. Mario's I mean, a Chad yeah. and like we need a meme where it's the Chad Mario and the Virgin Bowser. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> we're going to speed through this real quick. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, I think so I think we're all in agreement then that Dr. Eggman would write the better haiku. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not fair. happy about okay. it, but I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. I, I I like it. Although don't we all have to do Eggman and Bowser, Bowser impression? I did an Eggman and a you Bowser did a impression. Eggman. Uh, you got it, Tom. Uh Curse you, Sonic, and your chili dog mouth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Eggman says. Okay, what's your Bowser? Um, <clears throat> Mario, you fucking suck. I hate you. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I already did my Bowser, but I'll do it again. Uh, this is, um, I believe, his up taunt in Super mm-hmm. Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Really captured the essence of him there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so again, here's my Eggman. At last, in pursuit of the ultimate life form, Shadow the Hedgehog. And then here's my Bowser. Wow, that's that's a really good Bowser, Marcus. Yeah, like I said, I played a lot of 64 growing up. It was uh, I've been working on it for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and of course, uh, Max had the OG impressions. Of course. Right. Yeah. Uh, good job, Max. So. I got, a, I got another submission for you guys, actually. Yeah? Hit us with it. So, I gotta say, this one, it's been a long time coming. We've okay. all played around with the idea of doing it, always saying we're not gonna do it. Uh-huh. However, I feel like it's time to bring it out. The age-old question, Goku versus Superman. Oh, Who no. would have the better stand-up career? Oh. Oh. As much as I don't like G guy and yeah. the big S, yeah, in a versus against each other, yeah, I do find this one quite titillating. Yes, something that I think they're both going to have to overcome, right, is the fact that neither of them, yeah, are relatable yes. at all. Yeah, 
Yeah. Also, neither of them are funny in any way. <laughs> any capacity. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. I think... I disagree. I think, I think Goku really does make people laugh. I Okay. I think you're right. I think neither of them are relatable. They can't do relatable comedy. It's just sure. not possible. Yeah. Because they'd get up there and be like... That feeling you have to save somebody from a building falling on them for the 50th time that day, and then he like walks the other side of the stage, he's like, oh, come on, I gotta save somebody from being falled on by a building for the 50th time today, and everybody in the audience is like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> um, but I think what people like really forget a lot of the time is that Superman's really fucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, really smart. Yeah. yeah. So, like... I think he at least has an advantage over Goku in the fact that he would be able to craft a well-made comedy routine as Clark Kent. But I don't think Goku has the, like, intelligent... Like, I don't think he would be able to willingly make a stand-up routine and make it funny and relatable to people. I think he has some good situational comedy, especially when he's, like, fighting bad guys. But if you ask Goku to sit down and write a tight five, he'd be like, nobody ever taught me how to read. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good I point. I think if Goku sat down and tried to make a like a five a type five, mm-hmm. then he would, it would end up being like a bunch of like knock knock jokes and like why the chicken cross the road and yes. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A lot yeah. of jokes about food. Yeah, and I think on the other hand though, I don't think that Clark Kent would have a very good type five. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason why: Clark Kent is like bashful on mm-hmm. purpose. Like that mm-hmm. is by Superman's design. Yeah, is for Clark Kent to be like a very like shy person. Mm-hmm. And so for Clark Kent to get up and do a type five would be against that persona. And I think that if Superman were to give a type five, he would have to do it as himself instead okay. of as Clark Kent. Because I agree like, with that. Superman's more confident. And like, I feel like Superman giving a type five is less of a risk than Clark Kent giving a type five and maybe accidentally letting something slip or like people drawing the connection between a confident Clark Kent and Superman. Okay. Does that make sense? What if, what, what if, if Superman was giving his, tight five to the justice league oh. and so he could make self-referential superhero humor. Oh, okay 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 i like okay. it well in that case goku should be able to goku. make his against the saiyans and like beerus and maybe like the z fighters i feel like the z fighters aren't as relatable to goku as the other saiyans are because the other saiyans are like oh yeah we've gone super saiyan we like fighting like that's literally in our blood Whereas the Z Fighters, like, we're just regular humans, and Goku literally shows us up all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then Goku's just like, so I went Super Saiyan when I was fucking my wife last night. <laughs> oh my God. And Vegeta is the only right one who's around. Am I right? <laughs> that relatable moment when. <laughs> yeah. And Vegeta's in the back, and he goes, ah. <laughs> No, no, and Vegeta that, just does that, like, that like regretful smirk where he's like, <laughs> Even when Kakarot made this joke, it's still pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but I think that the... That Superman doing a type 5, I feel like he has that kind of like... He has such a stone face, Mm -hmm. but if he said something funny, it's even that much funnier because you know this guy is such a serious dude. Yeah, it's like, oh, Superman finally let his guard down. What's he like? And then he starts making jokes. You're like, holy shit, this guy's funny. And like... Even if he isn't that funny, it's just because Superman is opening himself up to somebody instead of being, like, shut off in his frozen fortress for two weeks at a time while he builds his next, like, Superman, like, Mm. machine or whatever. He's like, okay, so instead of doing that, I flew out to the sun and decided to write a tight five. 
And let me tell you, I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, <laughs> Boy, I just flew back from the sun, and let me tell you, my arms are tired. Yeah, exactly. Like, that kind of shit. And, <laughs> like, like he'd get, you'd get a laugh out of Martian Manhunter. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Hawk Girl would be like, well, I don't use my arms. <laughs> like, yeah, flashback like, there. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead. And, okay, honestly, this is pretty even in my mind right now. I think, I think. You know, so I, I think, to say it, dude. Hmm? I think my mind's made up. Well, I, I got one more point. Okay, make, yeah, make a point. I, make a point. I think mine is too. Um, but... A big part of comedy is like nothing is ever written by yourself. Right. A lot of the time, you got to go to your friends and ask them for help. Like, hey, I'm writing this type five. This is what I got so far. What do you think? Uh, I think that Superman has better people to draw on for that than Goku does. Yeah. Because Superman can go to the Flash. Flash is fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's true. He can go, like, and what are superheroes known for? They're one-liners, at least. Like, he could go yeah. to, like, Green Arrow. He yeah. could go to fucking... Green Lantern. Yeah, Green Lantern. Like, there's a ton of, like, like genuinely funnier superheroes than Superman that he could, like, lean on for support. And Goku would go to Gohan and be like, so, Gohan, like, I've, I've written this, like, these jokes. What do you think? And Go- Gohan, who has been either A, training, or B, captured, or C, in school his entire life, would be like... Uh, am I graded on this? Okay, like, <laughs> okay, pause. If you don't think that Gohan would be one of the funniest comedians in all of Dragon Ball's universe, you are dead wrong. He I think be. that Gohan would have the the funniest fucking Comedy Central special Marcus, I've ever seen. Marcus, Marcus, first of all, please put the gun down. <laughs> Second of all, I love Gohan so much. Mm-hmm. We both share in this love for yeah, Gohan. Mm-hmm. Best boy. He would not be funny. And honestly, when I really think about it, he would actually be pretty fucking funny. I think yeah, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Why are you guys fucking kidding like, me? No, no, no. The more I think about it, dude, I'm on board. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, know. Say, I don't think Gohan would be that dude. funny. Fuck, I, don't, I just can't see it. Okay, 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 okay. No, it's the thing I that, think Videl would be funnier than Gohan. Okay, I think that's, that's yeah, okay. I think a part of it too. is the fact that he has been around Videl so much that ever since he became like an adult, that he's kind of been able to be able to relate to both sides of the coin, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, guys, I, th- I think we're in ass slapping yeah, yeah, yeah. territory. I, was just, so I, want to bring us, I want to bring us back to the okay, question. Please okay. do. Who do you guys think would win? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. Okay. And Superman. Mm-hmm. I'm also saying Superman. I'm also going to have to say I'm Superman. I'm also going to say Superman. Right. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement here. Yeah. yeah oh, so wait. we finally <laughs> answered the age-old question of who would win, Superman or Goku. No, 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 no. We no, have not. Wait, wait, wait. Five. Superman would have the better type five. That's our last goof. We just want to say a special thanks to Max for joining us on our anniversary episode. Uh, thank you so much, Max. For thank you, here. Max. Thank you, thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you for having and me. And to our producer, Jess Adams, for editing this episode, designing our cover art, and uh, sticking with us for a whole ass year. Yeah. A whole ass year. Ain't... Yeah. One whole ass year. You can find me on Twitter at Max and Young, and you can find Jess on Twitter at AntlerGoth. And most importantly, we would like to thank you guys. Like, thank you guys so much for sticking with us this thank whole you. year. For a whole thank year. You so right. Much. And, yeah. like, without you guys, we would not have this show that we could put on. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to continue to submit questions to us, and we really, really love all of your questions, thank you so much. Uh, if you would like to submit more, then you can tag us or DM us on Twitter at Versus Extreme, or you can shoot us an email at versusextremecast at gmail.com. And you can also find more episodes of Versus Extreme on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. We put out episodes every Tuesday, and please don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes. It really helps our algorithms, and the one-year anniversary would be a great time 
to go and uh, share why you love the podcast and let people know. And um, give us five star reviews. Yeah. And if you're like telling any friends about the podcast, let them know that we got at least 50 episodes for them to catch up on. <laughs> so like they, there's a wealth of, something of content to. for everybody. And this week for our Twitter question, where you guys get to weigh in on who you think would win in our most divisive question, Angelica as the Godfather versus Tommy as Indiana Jones. Which we all know that it would and be Timothy, Angelica. you are not biasing this question. Not on this. Not, not today. today. And if you like this episode, please tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to get new listeners. Thank you so much for sticking around for a year. Thank you guys um, so much. Guys. And we look forward to another year and another year after that. And just making this until we all fall over and sleep in dirt. Yes. Um, And thank you, Max, for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Max. We're glad that we got to do this with you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for letting me be a part of this. Oh, You a real one for this, Max. All right, boys, I think that's everything. Wait, one more thing. I'm going to fucking cry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I sleep in dirt every night. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Marcus Driscoll. Good night, San Francisco. My name's Tommy Calhoun. So who bought the cake? I'm Max Nolan Young. Be safe out there. And I'm Tim. And I love you. Brought to you by Dryer Sock Productions. Pop that pizza pie in the oven, baby. We're about to start a podcast.